This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Rohit Tripathi, GM Head of Products for SAP Digital Interconnect. So when it comes to the professional context, what I'm passionate about is bringing to life new interesting capabilities. I do not want to call them products or solutions because those are just means to an end. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Rohit is GM Head of Products for SAP Digital Interconnect, formerly known as SAP Mobile Services. He also heads all of the go-to-market for SAP Digital Interconnect, and Rohit brings with him over 20 years of experience in software and business operations. Prior to joining SAP, Rohit was with the Boston Consulting Group, where he was involved in advising senior executives of Fortune 500 companies on business strategy and operations. Rohit holds an MBA with high honors from University of Chicago, Master of Science in Engineering from Iowa State University, and Bachelor of Technology in Engineering from the Indian Institute of Technology. He also has been elected to various honor societies in the field of business and engineering. Rohit, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. I am actually very pumped and excited to to be on this podcast as well. I am actually looking forward to speaking with you and, and our listeners in the next 30 minutes or so that we have. Yeah. And so what I like to do is to start with digging into your origin story to really give us some context from your perspective. So first of all, what are you most passionate about and why? That's a very powerful question to start off the bat. Yeah. Passions, I look at passions as like, you know, in one needs to have passions in like, you know, a few dimensions. So there has got to be a passion that one has in the professional context, a passion that one has in a personal context. So when it comes to the professional context, what I'm passionate about is bringing to life new interesting capabilities. I do not want to call them products or solutions because those are just means to an end. More important thing is capabilities that help businesses, that help individuals, you know, become successful in their roles and in their journeys. So that's a passion. And this manifests whether if I, when I was at a consulting company, then it was advising the C users and the C level users or the CXOs in executing and defining the company strategies. When I was at a supply chain company, then it was helping the customers, you know, gain the maximum efficiency out of their supply chains. And now at SAP Digital Interconnect, it's all about ensuring that we give and provide rich customer experiences in the digital economy. More importantly, or rather as important as the professional context is the personal passions. And for me, it has two elements. And I do not know which comes first or which comes second. The first one is running. I am passionate about long distance running, which means I do enjoy running half and full marathons. And then the second passion is red wine. So I do not know, do I run so that I could then afford to drink wine or do I drink wine and I feel guilty and then I run, but (laughs) either which way it works. So for our listeners here, what are a few of the red wines you'd recommend? That can by itself be an hour long podcast, but um, (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I guess we have to put a disclaimer that I'm not getting any fees or promos from these these vineyards. But <laughs> I, anytime, any day, right now, I am very excited. And given also the geographical proximity, I'm very excited about Napa wines. And the big one for me is this beautiful small vineyard called Plum Jack. I really love their wines, and they do a fantastic. Uh, of course, a cab, uh, but then their Syrahs and their Merlots are top-notch as well. I'm more asked because a little selfish passion of mine as well. I'm born and raised in the Willamette Valley here in Oregon, so I grew up around wine and the Pinots. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you mentioned coming from this consulting background, and I would love to dig into your journey a little bit and understanding some of these pivots and the personal growth you've made along the way. So, right, can you maybe talk about you know, from Trinity Consultants, that boutique environment management consulting firm to now GM head of products at SAP Digital Interconnect. And why, you know, tell us about that path. It's it's more of like now that you look back, yes, I could perhaps explain that a little bit more. But honestly, it, it wasn't as if everything was planned and executed in a, an orchestrated manner. But Trinity was it was a boutique company where we were focused on environmental management consulting and in that aspect it got me a good you know foothold into understanding how businesses work how to think about expansions and growth but more from an environmental angle however the interesting thing there was the learning that in order for an business to grow and be and making that decision the first thing that they need to think of that is you know how does it help in their operations and supply chain and that optimization. And that led me to be part of this wonderful company called I2, headquartered out of Dallas, Texas. And I had a phenomenal experience with them all the way from mid-90s to early 2004. And from that point onwards, given you know the change in the economic environment and plus my desire to you know add a little bit more intellectual capabilities to my toolbox. So I went back to University of Chicago for my MBA. And I then had the opportunity to be part of the Boston Consulting Group in more focused on more strategic and operational management consulting. And that experience, I think, was phenomenal because it allowed me to grow and, you know, accelerate in dimensions, which usually would have taken anyone good five to 10 years which I was able to do so in, in a period of like three to four years. And from that point onwards, desire was always to come back to industry, especially in the tech and world. And I've been with SAP since then in various roles and as a passion or as a desire to make a difference and to help people, help companies in be successful in their goals. One of the things that then I started engaging at SAP was this group uh, in SAP, uh, which was formerly known as SAP Mobile Services, which came to SAP as part of the Sybase acquisition and now is uh, renamed as SAP Digital Interconnect. And here I am the head of the industry and LOB products focused on making sure that we are building interesting capabilities in the digital economy, uh, helping customers be successful in you know their various activities, which ranges all the way from executing simple campaigns all the way to taking care of their people and employees. Now that you ask me the question and I go through that, it sort of seems that yes, everything builds upon it, that you start by, 
you know, start small and then add things. But I wish my younger self had known this, that this is how it would end. And I would feel so much more confident all along the journey. Well, you know, I feel like it has to be unexpected like that because there's just things you don't expect. But in, in actually you going through it and looking at these jumps you made, I found this interesting trend and I wanted to call it out and see what your perspective is on this. But it sounds like you went from Trinity Consulting, which was a consulting and process focused outlook to then now I too is a software product. And then you went back to consulting and then now you're head of a product. And so I'm wondering this first transition from Trinity Consulting, then working with I2, a software product company, why did you go from that process of consulting, more of that service, to a product company? What drew you to a product? So the consulting is looking at processes, right? Right. And capabilities and seeing how we can either improve them or enhance them along with improving their efficiency. And so the desire was then to get into a little bit of, you know, what are the tools that then help make that process more efficient? And Mm -hmm. the answer was supply chain products, supply chain capabilities that are delivered at that point in time through various on-premise solutions. And so it was that desire to get closer, you know, to that know-how that led from Trinity to I2 to get a more focus on products. Would you say that it's almost process efficiency is a whole, like the whole ecosystem, and it's being able to make that tie to then the product that enables that efficiency on that level as well? And you're just kind of fascinated with the entire ecosystem? Well, for me, yes, because, I mean, even if you look at it now, and especially now in this digital economy, I think, and especially as we are now delivering products via cloud, This whole notion of what is pure service versus what is pure software, it gets blended, right? I mean, frankly, if you go and ask any customer or any consumer, right, do you want cloud service or do you want pure subscription? Do you want software on-premise? Do you want consulting with it? Really, they will say, I actually don't care. (laughs) What I care about is, help me solve my business problem and help me become better or more efficient. Now, how Mm. how you do it changes, right? It has always been changing through history and it will always change going ahead, right? I mean, look, we are already improving and embracing technologies like, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning. We are dabbling with uh, the edges with uh, VR, right? And AR and VR, but Soon, we all know that in the next, you know, five to 10 years, those will become normal things. And so then that boundary of saying, oh, software led to services or services led to software, I find gets more blurred into it. It's about like, are we helping solve a problem or not? Hmm. Interesting. So I guess with that, then as GM you know, head of products at SAP Digital Interconnect. What are you focusing on mainly? Obviously, it sounds like the the business problem, but what specifically, you know, in your role on a day-to-day are, are your main focuses? So for us, um, it is about enriching customers' experience with our scalable interconnectivity. What we, the core value prop that we bring as SAP Digital Interconnect 
to businesses worldwide is our global reach and connectivity to mobile operators and through them to end customers around the globe. I mean, at this point in time, we have the ability to reach over 99.3% of the world's mobile consumers and subscribers in over 200 plus countries. And to step back and think about that, that's powerful. Yeah. And that's the, the fundamental scalable interconnectivity that we bring to enterprises. And now what my team focuses on is building value-add industry and LOB offerings on top of that interconnectivity. So whether it is two-factor authentication, whether it is uh, digital media bundles, whether it is uh, duty of care software, like our most recent offering that we announced called SAP People Connect 365. So it is making sure that we are helping businesses solve that last mile reach and engagement problem. That's the work that I do. And I think of myself less as a general manager because a general manager implies that one is managing well-established businesses and you know fine-tuned machineries that, that he or she is making sure they're running and doing so profitably, et cetera. I think of myself more as a entrepreneur, right? And I'm grateful that I have this opportunity with SAP to, you know, act as an entrepreneur, which means while I'm part of the big business, we still get to act as a small startup and, you know, try new things and bring them to market to, to our customers. Yeah, I can imagine that's, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> with its interesting challenges as well. And so with that, have you found that there's maybe one problem or one challenge that is more common among the businesses that you focus on or, or try to help? Have you, have you seen that there's kind of this baseline problem that needs to be solved first before kind of tackling some of these other things that SAP can provide? On that, I feel that a lot of the businesses still, even when implementing a lot of the solutions, uh, whether it be it marketing, be it in business process improvements, be it in HR, be it in even security and others, often want the whole end-to-end capability, right? And, you know, that definition varies by depending upon the provider of the service. And what I find is what businesses are actually looking for is saying end-to-end for them is give me the full capability, right, to reach that last point, last mile, last individual, and now in the world of IoT, that thing, to connect to my business processes or my business workflows. And that's what they're looking for and asking for. And that's what we want to get out there as SAP Digital Interconnect is solving that last mile engagement, reach and connectivity problem. So can you maybe talk about a scenario or maybe a company generally, when you say wanting to reach that last customer, what sort of scenario you know, maybe a type of company or type of service or product where they would need to do that, or maybe it's hard for them to do that. That, That's actually a fair point and a good question. I think we should look at two scenarios. One, let's look at the classical interaction, endpoint interaction that we can say in a retail banking scenario. Mm -hmm. So typically a retail bank will have a mobile app. They will, of course, have their portal and 
the way they will reach out to their end customers like you and me will be through this app or they will say we will send you emails or they will say log in and view your interactions and they will also send us sms's to engage with us right with one time pins and all such other things what a retail bank wants is not just the ability to say well use one of these to connect to the last mile they actually are saying i want to actually use all of them and you do so intelligently which means and actually if you think about it we as customers also want that right mm-hmm. there are things when we say when we want our bank if it is a marketing message if it is a message about you know a new credit card or a new type of checking account that they're offering me based on my status i would much rather receive that as an email right i can then choose to interact and react to it on the other hand if i want to get a one time pin for a money transfer i actually don't want that in an email i would much rather prefer that in an sms mm-hmm. actually we did the survey at the mobile world congress earlier this year and a whopping 65 to 70% of the survey respondent felt that when it comes to one time pins they feel more secure getting it over an sms compared to an email or another channel mm-hmm. other times we are actually perfectly okay doing push notifications and interactions in a mobile app so all of these are multiple end touch points and what the businesses are saying is we need one provider who can provide all of these in a simple programmable manner and allow us to manage them intelligently so if one channel fails then there's another channel on which we can get these things through or based upon the severity of the message we can then pick one channel over the other so that's what i mean is providing that last mile engagement and reach and doing so intelligently in the digital economy but that's a very classical case that we are all aware with mm-hmm. but now if you think about internet of things this is a funny thing that like when it comes to internet of things everybody is thinking about the sensors the things mm-hmm. with sensors and on the other hand everybody is thinking about the rich big data analytics machine learning platforms which will then take this information from these things crunch data and come up with patterns and use cases and scenarios to act upon what no one is thinking about is how will the sensor talk to this platform and that's the interconnectivity that we are helping solve right wifi will always not be the answer right you need to find other modes of connectivity and so that's the the last mile problem that needs to be solved in the internet of things world and that's what i think uh, companies are looking for or will soon be asking for as they move forward into more real life scenarios beyond the proof of concepts interesting so you're more thinking of just not needing wifi but then how the, the devices can connect to be that really of information cutting out wifi is that kind of the idea there it's not the issue of cutting out wifi but it is always a and it's not an or scenario so there will always be devices in remote locations where wifi connectivity is going to be at least for the next you know foreseeable future an issue and most of the times the things that will work very reliably will be cell tower signals and so that's a channel that can be used the second part to it is not every sensor or device needs to always be on and emitting large volumes of data 
there are use cases and scenarios for such things, but there are also equally important use cases and scenarios with sensors where it's more of a heartbeat or a more infrequent communication back to the mothership, so to say. And that's where having these alternate means of interconnect, largely like SMS and others, will be very powerful and useful. And even in the case of Wi-Fi, how do you turn a device on and off remotely or reset it or reset it when the Wi-Fi resets? So saying, you know, connect over Wi-Fi and reset the device when the Wi-Fi is not working or that needs a problem is, is an oxymoronic thing, right? In that case, also, you can reset using SMSs and then connect to Wi-Fi. So those are the scenarios that businesses should be thinking about. I mean, we've all seen these scenarios, right? Of like, you know, we need to reset or activate a device. And often even a simple act when we when we turn on our smartphones, first thing we do is an SMS activation of the device. And from that point onwards, we are using Wi-Fi or other signals. And that's the same thing will apply in the world of Internet of Things. Very interesting. So would you say that this is like, the bigger challenge or the next challenge here, the next mile is a more efficient dynamic usage of connectivity? Absolutely. It is very interesting that you caught on that point. (laughs) Remember about five or 10 years ago when cell phones and data and data roaming charges were so much more significant? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now think about that, right? Like when you have uh, millions of moving things embedded with these data connectivities. And as they go from one country or one region or one continent to another, someone needs to manage all of that connectivity across various operators. One option is that businesses can go out and sign up with multiple operators, but then how many will you do? How do you negotiate and all of that? So that's the friction that we take away from that whole interaction as digital interconnect. So we act as that one point of bringing that global reach and connectivity to the things that mm-hmm. businesses look for. And then also the other part to it is ensuring that we are setting the right limits on usage of the device and the data. I mean, what if a device goes rogue or is compromised and that device and its data capabilities are now being used for purposes that it was not intended to. So being able to deactivate that device or that SIM remotely using the software capabilities are all the functionalities that we are looking into and bringing to market actually with our SAP IoT Connect 365. And that's the notion of saying what we do for businesses connecting to their end consumers with our various offerings. Now we are enabling businesses connect to their things Mm -hmm. and bring that interconnectivity. No, I think this is a really unique perspective and really cool insight because I think a lot of people are talking about the dynamic experience on that user experience layer where you have dynamic fields and things of that nature. And I think it's really easy to relate to that experience, but this is much deeper, right? This is that infrastructure layer and much bigger and more powerful that can enable whole other experiences that people aren't even considering. And so, yeah, I think that I can totally see why this is that last mile and and how focusing on this problem could really make some big impactful change. We are excited about that because and, and we are in fact running some very interesting trials with all sorts of enterprises around the globe, like be it car companies, be it uh, consumer goods companies like making washing machines, refrigerators and others, because 
those are now the issues that people have to worry about. So interestingly enough, I've had both of those type of guests on here. I've had Vinley and we've talked about the connected car and really the connected city, smart city. We've had Bank Mobile talking about mobile first banking and how that integrates to Internet of Things and a lot of various consumer good companies on here as well. And so I'm curious from your perspective, what industry are you most excited about or maybe that most impacts your life or that most fascinates you how SAP can make an impact? Boy, that's sort of asking you to say, you know, pick your favorite child. (laughs) It's hard. We clearly see so few industries will lead the forefront of this right now. And if you think about it, Internet 4.0 and in that, so clearly the manufacturing industries, the transportation and logistics industries will lead in this adoption cycles because they are clearly and realizing the value and the benefits that they can get from these capabilities in the Internet of Things. However, more interestingly for us, equally important are the new and unique use cases that are emerging with uh, industries in in banking and in payments because it's not just the internet of things that comes in, but it is the underlying capabilities that it also relies on and things on machine learning and blockchain that starts manifesting itself, right? It's the way I look at it, it's, it's not just one thing that is driving these innovations, but it's the culmination of many of these things coming together, right? Like it's just availability of high computing and storage power, right? Uh, at very affordable rates now. It is the the maturity of a lot of these sensors and devices. And finally, it's the global reach and interconnectivity problem being addressed by mobile and now hopefully soon with some of the initiatives that have been going on at companies like Google, Facebook, and others in bringing internet access to all parts of the world. I feel it's it's that that is coming together that is driving and will drive a whole new set of things than than we've ever thought through before. So do you have any, like, I guess, personal opinion on which ones you think are kind of cool from your perspective? Because I know for me personally, right, like Unified Inbox and Nest are two really cool apps where I can control a lot of things in my home. And because I live downtown really close to the office, I'm not doing much transportation in a car where that might be interesting if I was doing more of commuting. But for me personally, being able to control my stove and things like that from my phone are really cool. I guess from your personal perspective, is there any specific industry or internet of thing connection or or something that would be cool in the future? I actually see right now, speaking more from a personal experiences as well, because I feel that that is the indeed the right approach, the way just you just described your interactions, because we need to start thinking about like, how are we behaving as consumers at home, right? Because that will then give us an idea of as business people also, at times I find that that is often disjointed, that we pretend to be someone else at work, but when it goes, when we go home, then we, we are using very different technologies or looking for very different experiences. Hmm. And What I'm finding right now is the culmination of these virtual assistants and the Internet of Things, right? That is the next paradigm that is coming through, right? Like, in my view, it is the rise of, uh, you know, new forms of interactions 
that are going to become more and more relevant and interesting in the future, right? Just by saying that there is an app for that is no longer an answer, right? It's, <laughs> but it is what I am referring to as the rise of the non-app apps, right? And what that means is that we are now talking to things, right? Like Google Assistant or Alexa or, or Siri, right? At the end, it is just an interface to a capability which was being provided earlier by a screen or an app. And that being connected now to various devices like, you know, thermostats or lights or switches uh, and others is the next level then bringing all of that together. From a business perspective, I feel that what it means is that businesses as they're inventing and moving into some of these things in, in the digital age, it actually behooves all of them to make sure that you bring all channels and all capabilities along. Just don't discount something because it is a 160 character SMS and it's an old technology, quote unquote, old technology. Because one thing that is still guaranteed to work, even without knowing which phone that your end customer has at which part of the world is SMS. Right, whether it is an Android device, an iOS device, Microsoft platform, or a feature function, there is one capability that is unique across all of them, which is SMS, and that's a powerful channel, right? That should be included and in the digital economy interactions. And I feel that that is something that has to be kept in mind while embracing the newer interactions, right? Like which I was referring to, the non-app apps, right? Whether it is the chatbots or it's voice or others, that is interesting, right? I feel that from a cool new technology perspective that I see is look at what Tesla is doing with its cars, right? Or as one of my uh, team members calls it, a mobile LTE device. That's how he describes his car, right? Mm, yeah. Because at the end, is Tesla the end product? Is it a car? Or is it a transportation device which has you know a lot of software and connectivity enabled in it because they receive over-the-air software updates, they receive capabilities, not just beyond autonomous driving, maps, and other things, but rather even security fixes and others, right? And in those cases, that's now an I would say an IoT device that is, you know, using connectivity in different shapes and forms. And if I was Tesla, I would be actually thinking about that whole mobility problem, right? Like, and roaming charges that your car can incur. <laughs> because if you are in Europe and you're driving your car from like, you know, it's registered in Norway and, uh, you know, you drive over and you are now in Germany and the car receives an over-the-air update, who's paying that data bill? That's a right. business problem that somebody has to think through, uh, which yeah. hopefully people are thinking about it. And maybe we can help them think through a little bit more on that. You know, Rohit, you said something that I really, really liked and I want to reiterate it because I think it's kind of like the next frontier for mobile. And you called it the interface to unlimited capability. And that was really interesting. And that really struck a chord with me being, you know, a mobile guy where I know that, you know, the average person uses 26 apps a month, Right. And right now it's really we have a one to many sort of scenario to where I have all these apps that I'm using to help with efficiency in, in various aspects of my life. But as you were talking about this virtual assistant idea and this interface, just one interface to unlimited capability, 
we start to have these virtual assistants and it becomes a one-to-one and we just pick our favorite virtual assistant, which then has the one-to-one and then the one-to-unlimited capability. And that was really, really just interesting to me. And it could be this virtual assistant or this, this one app that we end up using then connects to the car, to workout apps, to smart home apps and all these various things. That's an insane future. It's very true. And, and that is something that we will see how it all evolves out. But in fact, even if you were to look at certain parts of the world today, right? look at the users in China, right? mobile users in China. For them, they are actually living in the messaging app, like which is WeChat for them, largely. Most of them, it's not like used. WeChat is not just used for connecting with friends and coworkers, but WeChat is also used for ordering food, ordering items, ordering cars, for financial transactions, you know, for purchasing tickets, and also, of course, making phone calls and connecting with people. So the question is, is it a messaging app or is it the new OS that we live in? Right. And the same thing can can occur with these virtual assistants as well. So I feel a lot of that is ripe for disruption in other parts of the world as well. I see kind of where things are going. It's really interesting. And so I think I almost want to take a step back because when I had you know, a recent guest of mine, your colleague, M. Setu, you know, he shared his excitement around raising that baseline of connectivity around the world for us to then start to, as an entire world, move forward. And so I guess from your perspective, as more devices become connected around the world, what possibilities does this create? Or what is that first thing that we're focusing on in order to get to this next step? The possibility that it creates is I feel that it will lead to more democratization of information and resources. And by that, what I mean is that today, if you think about the bottom of the pyramid, there is a lot of efforts being done by you know individuals, wealthy individuals, by various groups, various countries in helping those of us who are not so fortunate or are at the bottom of the pyramid. However, unfortunately, a lot of that good effort or work gets lost because either the resources or the information is not timely or effectively communicated all the way up and down in the scheme of things. And bringing that higher level of mobile and connectivity and and raising that bar will remove those barriers. No, for sure then, imagine if you are a poor farmer in any part of the world where you may not have the internet connectivity, but then you will have the global reach of knowing the subsidies that you receive, of knowing the decisions that you have to make. That is the power that can then be harnessed along with, of course, the capabilities and the inefficiencies that exist today in a lot of our manufacturing activities with the internet of things where, you know, either we are replacing things too often too soon or too late and thereby leading to like either uh, accidents or industrial disasters, which hopefully can be emitted with some of these mobile capabilities. What is the coolest thing that you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? Um, So the coolest thing for us is the new offering of SAP People Connect 365. And there are some videos that are out there on YouTube. Unfortunately, we just announced this at Sapphire and we don't have a whole bunch of 
materials out there yet. But if you will reach out to me or tweet us at SAP Interconnect. So everyone, there you have it. Make sure to go check out uh, Rahit at SAP Interconnect on Twitter, and they'll get right back to you. Also, make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Rohit will be sharing some of his most valuable resources. Well, thank you for you know taking the time and sharing all these resources. And I had a really fun chat being able to dig into you know where things are going and, and how SAP is really facilitating a lot of these awesome changes to come here in the future. So again, Rohit, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first. Oh,